Welcome to Beyond the Body, a podcast for women who aren't afraid to dive deep into who they are, embrace discomfort, and level up their mind, body, and life. I'm your host, Christina Slater. If you've ever struggled with body image, self-worth, or knowing how to take your fitness to the next level, you have come to the right place. We go deeper than just the latest fad diet or trending workout to provide you with the mindset tools to transform your body, upgrade your mind, and reclaim your life. Let's get into it. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Beyond the Body. I am your host, Christina Slater. And most of you guys know I am prepping for a show right now. So it's been six years since I last competed, six years since I last stepped on stage. But when I do set a goal, I like to go all in on it. And I'm very much immersing myself into the world of competing right now. So that is what my brain is focused on. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. So if you have ever done a prep in the past or know anyone who has or you've done a show, you'll know um, when people find out about it, they generally ask you a lot of questions because people are fascinated by bodybuilding, by the diet, the training, the posing and the mentality behind all of it. Right. So today I want to talk about eight things to consider if you are thinking about competing. Now, before we get into it, I do want to say I have only done two shows. Okay. I've done a regional show. I've done a provincial show. The next show I'm doing is a regional show. So I am not a pro. I am not an expert. These considerations are completely based on my own personal experience and my experience as a trainer. All right. So let's get into it. So consideration number one is your nutrition. Where is your nutrition at right now? Because a lot of the time people think prep or prepping for a show is just a diet or it's just like a 20-week, 16-week or 12-week period where you lose weight and you eat less and less and less. And yeah, there's definitely some truth to that. But in order to prep for a show, you have to prep for your prep. So if you have no idea where your calories are at, no idea what your macros are at, you're not consistently tracking your food, you have no idea where you're sitting with your nutrition, starting a prep is a very, very bad idea. Prep sounds all sexy and attractive because we get lean and shredded. But the most important part is actually the months or even years, like in my case, leading up to that prep. Now, why this is so important is because you want to be able to start your prep diet on as many calories as possible, okay? Because during that aggressive fat loss, you want to be able to maintain as much lean mass, as much muscle as possible. That's the whole point of bodybuilding. It's not to just lose weight. It's to look shredded or maybe not shredded, depending on what division you're competing in, which we're going to talk about as well. But if you're someone who's starting a prep at, let's say, 1,500 calories, 1,500 calories is already not a lot. So let's say you're doing a 16-week prep, and 16 weeks is kind of typical. Like I'm doing 20 weeks, and I personally would always suggest 20 weeks because I like to take things slow. I like to take time. I don't like to be rushing. I don't like to be stressed out about being ready or not. Some people will even do a 12-week prep. That's not something that I would do or recommend typically. But if you're starting this 16-week diet at 1,500 calories and then you go down to 1,300 calories, and of course, calories aren't the only thing that matters. Your macros are just as important, if not more so, but that's not the topic for today. 
but then you drop to 1300 calories and then you stop losing weight and then you drop again to 1100, you might only be four to five weeks into that prep and you're already down to 1100 calories. That's like very low. And it's going to be very hard to train at a high level on that low of calories. So in order to not only feel as good as possible during your prep, but to be able to optimally lose fat and maintain all of your muscle mass, you have to be starting your diet from as many calories as possible. And if you're starting it from like 1500 calories, I would highly suggest you reverse diet for at least a couple weeks to get yourself to a better starting point. If you can start your prep diet at like 2,700 calories or 2,900, even 3,000 calories for like a typical woman, that would be an amazing, amazing starting point because you have way more room to make changes and adjustments as needed throughout those coming weeks. Consideration number two is really, really important. And this requires some brutal honesty with yourself. But you want to ask yourself, how is my mental health and my body image? Because dieting and losing weight and training can be enough of a mindfuck on its own when you're just training for your own health and fitness. Now we're adding in the fact that there's a deadline, like you have to be ready on show day. Not only that, you have to fit the look of the division that you're competing in. And not only that, but you're literally going to be up on stage almost naked being literally compared to other girls' bodies. So that alone, just the show day, is a lot to wrap your head around. Not to mention the 20, 16, 12 weeks, whatever it is, leading up to that, where you're probably creeping all their Instagrams, comparing like how lean you are versus how lean they are. Comparing yourself to pros, like if you're competing at a regional level, watching the Olympia and being like, oh my God, I don't look like that. Oh my God, I'm not ready. Looking in the mirror, like constantly battling with that body dysmorphia, never feeling like you are good enough or ready enough. And even myself, like if you follow my journey, you know I struggle with body dys- I struggled with body dysmorphia a lot. I still have definite issues with my body image. I'm not gonna say I'm totally healed. But when you're in prep, there's just like that added pressure. And some people can flourish under that. Like I like to have pressure, but some people can totally, totally crumble. You need to have a very, very rock solid self-belief. You also have to have a bigger reason for competing than just to look a certain way and even just to win your show, right? Like I don't think anyone usually goes into a show like not looking to place or not looking to do well. But at the end of the day, it is a subjective sport. Most of the time, you have no idea who is going to show up at your show. And even though each division kind of has a set look that the judges are looking for, those looks are evolving, right? If you even look at like the figure category, what it used to be five, 10 years ago is completely different than it is now. So the girl with the best body on stage doesn't always win. There's so much that goes into it, especially your posing. So if you are someone who constantly tears yourself apart, who constantly has a negative self-talk, if you have a ton of anxiety, body insecurities, those types of things, it is really important that you work through those first prior to starting a prep. Because again, a prep is not just 
a, a fat loss diet, right? You're taking your body, especially if you're a woman, to a pretty extremely low level of body fat. There's risks to your hormones. Your metabolism is going to downregulate and you're putting your body under quite a bit of stress. So when you couple all of those things with an unhealthy self-image, the effects can be really, really destructive and you can end up with long-term eating disorders and metabolic damage and these types of things that are going to take a lot of enjoyment out of your life. You have to keep in mind that you still have a life. And even if you're like me and you get hyper-focused on your goal, you're still only going to be on stage for like maybe five minutes, right? And of course, that five minutes is what we're working towards. And it is really, really important to optimize that. But you still have the rest of your life to also worry about. So it's just, it's definitely not something that you're going to want to overlook. Just be really honest with yourself. And if you need to take an extra year to really work on your own mental health before you consider competing, if it is something that you're looking to do in the future, it is well, well worth it. All right. Consideration number four is kind of a fun one. And that is what division do you want to compete in? Okay, so each division you have for ladies, you have bikini, you have wellness, which is the newer division, you have figure, women's physique, and you have bodybuilding. So in each of those divisions, the judges are going to be looking for different things. You're also going to be doing different poses, potentially a routine. So you want to think about which one do you like the look of? Which one do you desire to look like the most? And you're also just going to want to consider like your genetic build already. Because do genetics matter? Yes, of course they do. I strongly believe that you can out-train genetics. I believe that across the board. I don't think anyone could really convince me otherwise. However, to say that they don't play a role or they don't matter is completely crazy. And I could do a whole different episode on genetics and how to train in different parts of the body and whatnot. That's not the topic of today. But if you are someone who has a like more slender build that is well balanced, that sounds to me more like a bikini division, right? So you're going to want to also work with what you have, right? So my genetic build, and I wouldn't even say genetic, just the structure of my body due to the way that I have trained in the past definitely fits the, ca- the figure category very, very nicely. However, like I personally love the look of wellness. Like that's the look that I desire to have. So I'm kind of like in between those two divisions. So I think the most important thing is just finding the division that you are most excited about. Because if you looked at my body even like five years ago, you'd probably be like, That chick could never do wellness because she just doesn't have a lower body. Whereas if you take a girl who is like conventionally born with a larger, more dominant lower body, of course, it's probably going to be easier for that person to compete in wellness because that's what the judges are looking for is more lower body dominance. However, I've taken the last six years to build up my lower body. And I mean, it, it did take me six years and my lower body is still not where some ladies' lower bodies is who were just born with more lower body dominance or played lower body dominant sports growing up. It's just not the way it is. But that still doesn't mean that I can't out-train that. As long as it's done intelligently, it, just doesn't, it doesn't just mean train harder, harder, harder. A lot of it comes down to training for the structure of your body and being really intelligent 
about your movements and the selection of your exercises, how often you're training, and the periodization of your programming. All right, so the next consideration kind of goes hand in hand with the previous one, and that is, do I have enough muscle? Okay. Even if you're competing in bikini, which would be the least muscular division, you still need to have muscle. And whether people like it or not, building muscle is a lot more challenging than losing fat. Losing fat is pretty simple, whereas building muscle takes a lot more time and a lot more patience, especially naturally. So as you lean down, you're going to look more defined. A lot of people who have like an untrained eye or who don't know a ton about fitness or nutrition and whatnot, they'll see someone start a a prep or even just a diet and they'll be like, oh my God, you put on so much muscle. When in fact, they didn't put on any muscle. They might have even lost muscle. But when you reduce your body fat percentage that much, you look shredded like your muscles are popping, but you have to have the muscle there to begin with. And you have to have the muscle in the right place for your division. So if you are competing in wellness, again, you have to have muscle on the glutes. You can't just have a fat ass. Like it has to be a muscular ass. You also need the hamstring development. You need the quad development. And like, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that is one thing I have over on some of the other ladies is that genetically, my lower body doesn't hold much fat, right? Like my ass, even though it, some people think it looks big, like to me, it looks pretty small, but to some people it looks big, but there's no fat on my ass. And that might be too much info for you, but like it doesn't jiggle. Like it is pure muscle because I've built it that way. So as I'm leaning out this time, I'm noticing like my butt hasn't really shrunk at all, which is fantastic. Whereas a lot of other ladies hold a lot of fat in their like hips and their glutes and their lower body, whereas I don't. So if that's you who you essentially just have a fat ass, and I mean that in the nicest way, you may really need to build up the actual glute muscles in order to keep that look. Otherwise, when you're losing fat, you're just going to wither away to nothing. You have to have built the muscle first. All right. Consideration number six, what is coming up in my life, right? Prepping is a big commitment. Again, you're usually looking at a 16-week diet plus anywhere from like 20 to 16 weeks usually leading up to that diet. I would say like your improvement season, the 16 to 20 weeks leading up to it is, it could be even longer than that, but is of course less important that you be 100% dialed in. You still got to be on point, but that is the time you can have more flexibility in your life is like your off season, your improvement season. But when you're starting that dieting phase, like ask yourself and be honest, do you have any big events coming up in your life? Are you getting married? Like, do you have a wedding coming up more so like your own than someone else's? Because that's a big thing is like planning a wedding. I have quite a few clients who are like planning weddings right now. And like, that shit is crazy. Are you going on any trips? Okay. All of these things, you can, it's totally possible to complete an amazing prep during these busy seasons in our life. However, it does make it more challenging. Okay. So if we want to optimize our prep, ideally, we want to kind of have 
the least amount of stressful events in our life so that we can really focus on our prep and not be feeling like we're pulled in a billion different directions, right? So if you're planning on going on many trips or multiple trips, a short trip, you can probably make it work. If you are moving, moving again, really stressful, a ton going on. Like, what is it? What does your career look like? What does your business look like? Are you going on business trips? Is it a crazy season for the field that you work in? Because all of those things are going to make it really, really much more challenging. Is it possible? Absolutely. But I think a lot of people look like how much time it actually takes to prep for a show, right? Because if you're if you're like one of my clients who's listening to this, you'll already know that like just training for fat loss in general, it's a pretty big commitment. However, it doesn't take up your entire life. We have clients who have outstanding results at Cut and Conquer who train anywhere from three to five times per week about 50 to 60 minutes in the gym. Sometimes they're doing a little bit of cardio. Most of my clients do anywhere from like one 30-minute cardio session per week up to like five 30-minute cardio sessions per week on the high end. And I'm just talking like a typical sustainable fat loss phase right now. Okay. So you're spending a couple hours in the gym, maybe one hour per week total doing cardio, and then maybe two hours a week prepping your food, right? That's like the typical kind of diet time commitment. But when you are doing a show, there is so much more that is required of you. So training, for example, usually you're going to be in the gym for 75 minutes at least doing your training session, sometimes longer. Like my workouts take me quite a while right now. So you could even be doing your workout from like 75 to 90 minutes, depending on how long of a commute you have to the gym, right? You're also going to be doing cardio probably every single day. You're probably going to be doing at least 45 to 90 minutes of cardio per day. Okay. Then you're going to be having to do posing. You're probably going to be wanting to pose every single day, posing for 30 minutes per day minimum. That would be like what I would suggest. Some people who are better at it than me can get away with like 10 to 15. Posing is is my weakness for sure. I can nail the diet. I can nail the training. Posing doesn't come naturally to me. I'm not someone who like can flow. I've never danced before. I don't know how to dance. I have no like, shouldn't say I have no rhythm, but like I'm not one of those girls that can just like bust a move or look graceful. I'm very like rigid. I'm very structured. I'm very intense. So it's hard for me to like make my body flow. So posing, I'm doing like 30 to 45 minutes of posing per day. Then you have to, if you want to be good at posing, which maybe some people have this naturally, I don't, I have to be doing mobility work, flexibility work, and breathing. Again, when you're on stage, you have to breathe properly. You can't just breathe normally. You have to keep your waist um, tight. So I'm practicing my breathing and my mobility for another 30 minutes per day. So even right there, what did we say? So cardio, 45 to 90 minutes, training about 75 minutes, posing at least 30 minutes, mobility work and breathing at least 30 minutes. Then you have to eat. Eating is like the most important part of your prep. So you're probably going to be eating anywhere from four to seven times per day, which is going to take at least like 30 minutes to eat that food. And when you're prepping, your food probably isn't as like enjoyable as it would be in your off season. So you're going to want to like focus on that food and not have any distraction. (laughs) And then you're going to have to prep your food. Now, of course, when you are prepping for a show, meal prep is everything. It's even it's a billion times more important than even if you're just in a fat loss program or in a fat loss phase of your training. 
because you can't miss like you can't miss a gram like with my clients sometimes we do flexible dieting some of them are on a more structured nutrition plan i would say almost all of the clients that cut and conquer definitely set aside time to meal prep but like when you're competing your your meal prep has to be on point it has to be so it's going to take you 3 to 4 hours per week to like prep your food weigh your food make sure you have everything done perfectly that's quite a bit of extra time and i'm sure there are things that i forgot to mention the next consideration number seven is who is your coach, right? I highly suggest, I mean, I think everyone should have a coach no matter if you're competing or if you just want to improve your life. If you want to lose fat, build muscle, like I'm a very big advocate for coaching, not only because I am a coach, but because I think that every single large amount of progress that I've made or people make in their life is usually with the support of some type of mentor. It doesn't make sense to me to set a goal and trial and error it for like years only to make a tiny bit of progress when you could invest in someone who has the knowledge and the experience that you're looking for and basically give you the blueprint to your vision. Like what like I don't understand why people don't invest in coaches or mentors because I I think it's stupid not to. And you can say like, I'm saying that because I'm a coach, but I have um, a fitness coach. I have mindset coaches and I have business coaches. Those are the three most important areas of my life. Those are the three areas that I really want to make massive, massive improvements in. Why would I just randomly try things, right? I hired people who have the experience and who've done what I'm trying to do. I'm not just going to take advice from some random person who's never done anything that I want to do. Like that makes no sense to me. So you want to consider, you want to have a coach and you want to make sure you pick your coach wisely. You got to make sure it's someone that aligns with you. Now, if we're strictly talking like a prep coach, it has to be someone you are comfortable with. Okay. Every coach should be someone you're comfortable with. But like, for example, with my clients, I typically on average, I would say like I talk to most of my clients about every four days or so. Some of my clients who are in like really good momentum or they've been in the program for quite a while. We talk like maybe once a week if we're talking like actual communication back and forth. However, we have like a community where we talk to them literally every day. However, when it comes to like individual support, on average, I would say I talk to my clients every four days. But when you're doing a prep, you're going to be talking to your coach every single day or at least every second day. Okay. Because it's so key that you are on track every single step of the way. There is so much that goes into it. And again, you got to make sure you can trust this person with your health because competing is it's a health risk. I'm not going to lie. There are risks to your health if you are not doing it with the utmost caution. So find a coach that you trust, that you resonate with, that you are comfortable with, and do not cheap out on a coach. So that brings me to the final consideration. <laughs> And that is your finances, okay? Competing is not cheap, okay? If you are someone who is just looking to lose weight, just get in really good shape, you can do it on a budget for sure. We actually have a podcast episode called like budget-friendly, I think it's budget-friendly meal ideas because a lot of people think, oh, eating healthy is so expensive and you complain about eggs going up in price and romaine lettuce going up in price, but then you'll go drop 50 bucks on takeout, no worries, no problem, right? So it's it's really, yes, produce is like going up in price, but it's really not that expensive. And there's a ton of cool budget-friendly ideas that you can incorporate into your nutrition. 
And again, it's not like you have to train at a gym or have all this fancy shit to get in shape. Even if you are competing, like you could still train at home and compete. I would probably advise you go to a gym because the equipment is just going to be like more more variety there. But I definitely think you could train at home if you had a decent setup. Like you don't have to have everything but a decent setup with no issues. But <laughs> when we're talking about prep as a whole, it's it's not cheap. It's an investment. So like just just show day alone, not talking about anything leading up to your show day. First off, you're going to have to have your membership, which would with whatever federation you're competing with, which could be anywhere from like $150 to $250 on average. Again, I'm just ballparking these. Don't quote me on this. Then you're going to have to register for your show, which is going to be anywhere from like $100 to $200. Again, depending on the level. So regional shows are going to be cheaper. And then provincials are going to be a little more. Nationals are going to be a little more and so on. If you're competing in more than one division, you're obviously going to have to register for both of those. Then like on your show day, obviously, you're going to have to have a hotel. So that could be anywhere from like hundred to four hundred dollars depending on how many nights you're there you're gonna have to have your suit okay your suit is probably the most expensive thing i've heard of people making their suit that's not something i would do because i don't know how to make anything like that's not my thing (laughs) you can listen to the masculine feminine energy and you can tell that like i don't have any feminine energy that's probably why i'm not the best at posing but i don't like to limit myself so i'm gonna be the best at posing actually now i just had a little realization in my head i'm like i'm gonna really practice tapping into my feminine energy tonight when i do my posing practice because maybe that's what i'm missing i'm trying to like masculine out my posing i'm literally like writing down the steps i'm like okay left foot forward arm goes back and it's like this mechanical thing but then it goes into my head better so maybe i could just tap into that feminine side i don't know but anyways your suit okay you can have a suit that is significantly more budget friendly if you are like making it yourself. Like you can buy, I think I've never done this. You can get like a practice suit from a suit company and then like bling it up yourself. But if you're not doing that, which like I personally wouldn't recommend doing that, your suit is going to be anywhere from like $300 to $1,000. A $300 suit is not going to look that nice if I'm being completely honest. You're probably going to want to spend at least $500 on your suit if you want it to look nice. And that depends on the Again, that depends on which division you're competing in because I believe bikini is probably the cheapest. Wellness is a little bit more expensive and then figure is more. So figure can be anywhere from like even like $700 to $1,300 probably depending on what you're getting done to your suit. Then on show day, obviously you have to have shoes, proper competition shoes. So those could be anywhere from like 100 to 150 bucks. You're probably gonna wanna have a backup pair of shoes as well. Your tan is usually always like 150 bucks or so. And then depending, you can totally do your hair and your makeup yourself. So I did do my hair and my makeup myself for both of my other shows. But you want to make sure you know how to do stage makeup. I'm pretty sure I'm actually going to get my makeup done for this show just because I want to. And that's going to be anywhere like for your hair and your makeup, probably anywhere from like $250 to $400 total, depending on like who's doing it. And then stage jewelry, you need a little bit of jewelry. At least some people like to bling it up. I'm not that blingy when it comes to my jewelry. So I'm I'm not going to wear like a ton of jewelry, but some girls like to. So those are like the only things I can think of when it comes to the actual show day, but that's already like a pretty hefty bill. Then you have to consider your coach. Okay. And you don't want to cheap out on a coach, especially a competition coach. So it's going to cost you probably at least anywhere from $250 to $500 per month for your coach. Okay. And again, you have to remember a prep is usually 16 weeks. And you're usually going to want to be working with that coach for at least at least like 12 weeks prior to that minimum. 
supplements. You need supplements when you compete. When like for most of my clients, we we definitely do not push supplements on our clients because you do not need to take supplements to get in good shape. The biggest supplement that we would like advocate for our client is protein powder. But when you compete, you need to be taking supplements. Again, your diet is not what a typical healthy diet would look like. So you are going to be missing out and lacking certain micronutrients. So supplements, depending on who you are and what your body needs and what your training looks like, et cetera, is going to be anywhere from like $100 to $250 per month. Okay. Supplements are not cheap and you don't want to buy like Walmart brand supplements. That goes for anyone. Like I, you want to get your supplements from a actual supplement store that is good quality because it does make a difference. Okay. Then what else do you need? So obviously probably a gym membership, which could be anywhere from like 40 to 80 bucks, depending where you live, or you can train at home. You'll still need some like dumbbells, resistance bands, a workout bench is kind of like the minimum. And then food. Food is a little more expensive when you're competing than normal because you want to have good quality food. You can cheap out a bit more when you are not in your prep season. But again, you want to be like, the food, the quality of the food that you eat does matter. And I'm not saying you have to buy organic everything because that's going a bit extreme in my opinion, but you want to be eating like good quality food when you are competing so your body can absorb all of the nutrients possible from the food. And then, yeah, food could be, depending who you are, like I'm actually not eating a lot right now. So my food is getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So technically you can save money too because you're not going to be eating a lot, but it could be anywhere from like 200 to $400 per month just for food, you're going to be eating probably a lot of protein, which is the more expensive part. Like if you're on prep, you're going to be eating more like potatoes and yams and sweet potatoes and uh, potentially even things like squash, egg whites, tuna, chicken. Those are all like pretty affordable things, rice, but then like the protein can get a little more, a little more. So yeah, I think that's pretty much everything that I can think of, but like that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff to invest in. So you want to make sure that you have budgeted accordingly for your show because you don't want to get like halfway through your prep and be like, holy shit, like I can't afford this because then you put in all this work for nothing. And you also don't want to like go in debt just to do a show and be on stage for five minutes. Like you could, I guess, but like I personally wouldn't find that worth it. (laughs) And just having that extra financial stress on top of all of the stress you're putting on your body already. Okay. So those are like the eight main considerations you really want to think hard on before you even consider doing a show. And then the last thing I just want to talk about isn't really a consideration, but it's it's more of a requirement is having a post-show plan. This is more important than your entire prep because I have seen it so many times. I have had friends go through it. I have seen it on social media, on the podcasts that I listen to is ladies and men competing and having brutal, brutal post-show rebounds, okay? I am not going to tell anyone what to do post-show other than I highly advise having a strong plan. I highly suggest avoiding going on vacation post show. Okay. At least for two to three weeks post show. I know that I have a very intense personality and like, I already know that after my show, I'm not even having a bite of a treat. Like it, I don't like that kind of food anyways. I know you guys are probably like, Oh, lucky you. But like, I don't, I don't want to eat the fucking donut backstage. I don't want to go out for pizza. I don't want to go out for dinner. I literally want to come back from my show and like eat my like cod and rice with vegetables. Like, 
that's what I like eating. I don't care about it. And I'm also not social. I don't want to go to an after party. I don't want to drink alcohol. Don't drink alcohol anyways. Like I know I probably I probably sound like a crazy person, but like that's just my personality. I also know that I've struggled with binge eating in the past. And like, I know that that's a trigger for me. So like, I just, I'm not going to do it. And you don't want to get rid of your coach after your show. You want to keep your coach for at least, I would suggest like at least, 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 least eight weeks after your show so that they can help you reverse diet. Okay. You do not want to not reverse diet. That would be the dumbest thing you can do. Okay. I'm going to repeat it. Do not, not reverse diet after a show or even after a fat loss program. Okay. If you're like one of my clients who is in the shred program, we reverse diet you anyways in that program. But like if you didn't for some reason, like really bad decision. Okay. Because when you are dieting, when you are competing, when you are losing fat, no matter what, like your metabolism is going to downregulate as your body gets smaller. So what that means is if at first you can lose weight eating 2000 calories, as your body loses that weight, it's going to change. And then you're going to be able to only lose weight at, let's say, 1800 calories and then maybe 1700 calories. So then if you just go like, oh, well, I used to lose weight at 2000. Well, you're not going to anymore, but you can and you can actually eat even more and lose weight if you reverse diet properly. A lot of the time people think reverse diet means to lose weight. And that's not at all. It's actually so that you don't gain weight and so that you can make losing weight easier in the future. So do not sleep on your reverse diet. Do not sleep on your post-show plan. So do I recommend competing? It is definitely not right for everyone, okay? After my second show, I had honestly just like a bitter taste in my mouth towards it. And I took six years off to build like a physique that I was proud of. And I'm like, next time I step on stage, like I'm going to be mentally strong. I'm going to be physically strong. And I'm going to be proud as fuck about like the package that I'm presenting on stage. And it literally took me six years to feel like I was in a place that I was ready for that. Also, like it's not for everyone. You can also just get shredded as fuck and not compete. Like you don't have to go on stage. You could even do like a prep style diet and just prep for a photo shoot. Okay. I did do that in 2019. I did like a pretty aggressive diet and I just did a photo shoot because I knew like I wasn't ready to step on stage. It wasn't something that I wanted to do at that time. So again, it's not for everyone. And even if you're someone who's really into fitness, you don't have to feel obligated to compete. I know a lot of people when they start to get to that higher level, they're like, oh, should I compete? You don't have to. Like, there's nothing wrong with just training for life. Okay. In fact, I love that mentality. However, if you are someone who is feeling the pull towards getting on stage, I personally say you should do it. Okay. As long as you've considered all of those eight considerations and you've checkmarked all of them and you're like feeling good to go, because I don't like to go through life having regrets. I love having something to push for. I love having something to work for. If you are a competitive person, even though, of course, competing is subjective, like you will probably love the atmosphere and just like how intense you can get with it. Like there's so much to learn and I'm learning stuff every single day. And I'm sure even people who are pros who've competed like 15, 20 times, like they are probably still learning new stuff every single day. Okay. So competing and bodybuilding is so, so fascinating, but you have to be doing it for the right reasons. And I personally think you have to be all in. Okay. I actually listened to a podcast about competing a couple weeks back 
And they were saying like, oh, well, like if you have like an extra bite of whatever, it's not going to kill you. And like you should, that's not going to wreck your whole prep. And like if you go to the fair, I think they were talking about the fair. I don't remember. And like you have a bite of popcorn, like don't allow that to wreck your prep. And like, that's true. But like, don't fucking do that in the first place, in my opinion. Like if you're going to do it, do it right and be all in. With my clients, I always say like progress over perfection. But when it comes to competing, in my opinion, you should be perfect. Like if you don't have the mentality that you can go into this and fucking nail it, why would you do it? Like I that's not where what my head is like when it comes to this. And little shout out to myself just because like I haven't missed a freaking beat on this prep like to the gram, cardio to the minute, training, like haven't missed anything. So I'm very grateful for that for myself and to my coach. And I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, would an extra bite of food kill you? Probably not. But I'm doing this to prove to myself that I can nail it. And if I know that I went all in on this prep, no matter how I place or how I do, like I'm going to be so freaking proud of myself. So yeah, if it's, if it's something that you've been considering, I say do it. You're going to learn so much. You're going to grow so much as a person and you're going to meet so many cool people along the way as well. So that is it, you guys, for today. I am going to do another prep episode in a couple of weeks. So if you guys have any questions for me, send them over on Instagram. You can take a screenshot of this one, share it your Instagram story, tag me at Nifina, send me your questions. I'm going to be doing a contest prep Q&A in the coming weeks. And I appreciate you all. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Beyond the Body. If you're getting value from the podcast, please don't forget to follow, rate, and review. It really goes a long way. And if you're ready to take your mind and body to the next level and you want to work closely with me and my team, head over to my Instagram page at Nyfina and tap the link in my bio to fill in a coaching application to see if Cut and Conquer can help you transform your life.